0: Welcome to We Are Venomaniacs, the Venom site's official podcast for all your Symbiote news, reviews, and point of views. In this podcast series, a few of, our, of the fan club's esteemed and brave members take to the airwaves to discuss Symbiote-related comics, movies, cartoons, games, and more. We also provide new updates on fresh media and merch, all, of course, about Symbiotes, all the time. Every so often, we will go deep into the canon and mythology of symbiotes in comics. Have you ever wondered why symbiotes are weak against fire and sonics? Or how all of these seemingly conflicting interpretations on symbiote culture or history all fit together? Can the Ven- Venom symbiote permanently bond to its host? We'll get to all that and more in due time. For now, let's get you up to speed. What is the Venom site? The Venom site, or TVS as you'll sometimes hear us call it, is the internet's premier and officially unofficially recognized fan club for all things symbiote? If you like Venom, Carnage, or any of the other countless symbiotes' characters, the Venom site is your central hub to connect and geek out with fellow fans and get the latest news on symbiote merch and media. What is a Venomaniac? You are, if you like anything symbiote. Venomaniac is a fan made nickname. For Symbiote fans, originating straight from the Venom site's own community. Let's start off with a few introductions. First up, we have Carlos, Twitter handle, at BlackFlameF50, returning for another episode. Welcome back, Carlos.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Next up, we have John, Twitter handle, Agent J. C. Harris, also making a return. Hey, John. Happy to be here. In this episode, we're joined by Roman of the RNS Entertainment YouTube channel, Twitter handle RomanRNS. Welcome to the podcast, Roman.
2: What's up, guys?
0: Now, a lot of our listeners really liked our introduction survey from the last episode, and it's a great way to get to know our hosts and guests, so let's have you answer a few questions, Roman. First off, how long have you been with with the Venom site?
2: Um, Well, I think I first met BizArnage on Twitter, who all of you guys are familiar with. Um, I found out about the Venom site and the rest of you guys shortly after that, and loved that there was an existing community of fans of my favorite Marvel characters. And uh, yeah, just been conversing about Venom and symbiotes with you guys since then. Great. And how were you introduced to Venom and symbiotes? Well, uh, growing up as a kid in the 90s, Spider-Man was one of the first superheroes I was introduced to. And Venom, Carnage, and the other symbiotes were all really huge at the time. Um, so from Spider-Man, the animated series, and video games like Venom, Spider-Man, Separation Anxiety on the Super Nintendo, which was a personal favorite, I loved Venom so much that I went and read the classic comics and have been a huge fan since.
0: Great. And uh, who is your favorite symbiote or host?
2: Um, well, my favorite Marvel character in general is Eddie Brock, whether he's Venom or Anti-Venom, Toxin, or symbiote but if I had to choose a specific iteration, it would definitely be the classic Lethal Protector era of Venom.
0: Great answer. And what is your favorite symbiote comics or story arc?
2: Um, If I had to pick a favorite story in particular, it would be between Lethal Protector for the sheer nostalgia and how great Venom's characterization is in that. And probably Toxin with a Vengeance from the Agent Venom series, where Eddie is Toxin and Flash is Venom, have a classic fight and team-up story. That was so perfect.
0: It was a great comic. And uh, if you could bond to any symbiote in the Marvel Universe, which would it be?
2: I mean, does Anti-Venom count? I know it's not a full-on symbiote, but just thinking of which one won't kill me or make me kill other people, that would probably be the way to go. Plus, the healing powers could be pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, that is... I mean, it counts. It's a faux symbiote, but it counts. Welcome to the podcast. As for myself, my name is Orion, Twitter handle Orion Starboy. I'm your main host for most, if not all, the podcast. I've already answered the introduction survey in our last episode, so let's get started with the discussions. Last month, Jerry Conway and Mike Perkins' Carnage series came to an end with issue number sixteen. While the series didn't garner a huge following in the Marvel community, it was a recent favorite for many in the TVS community. Let's summarize the series for our listeners. Symbiotic serial killer Cletus Cassidy, a.k.a. Carnage, is hounded by a Black Ops team uh, comprised of Eddie Brock, a.k.a. Toxin, Colonel John Jameson, son of Spider-Man's J. Jonah Jameson, and host to the Godstone that transforms him into the Man Wolf, FBI Special Agent Claire Dixon, the leader of the anti Carnage Task Force, and Manuela Manny Calderon, the lone survivor of an orphanage a young Cletus Cassidy had burned down to the ground. As the anti Carnage Task Force tries to capture Carnage alive, using Manny as bait, Carnage stumbles upon the occult plot to use him in the, as the herald of Cthon, an evil elder god, and a parallel to Lovecraft's Cthulhu. When the task force plans go sideways, they're forced to chase down Carnage who escapes with the Darkhold, an ancient Cthonic book of spells, on a quest to summon Cthon himself. Along the way, Carnage crosses paths with a young traveler named Jubileel Van Scotter, after a brief possession up by the Carnage symbiote, Jubileel escapes Carnage and meets up with the Task Force, who she helps guide to Carnage using her leftover psychic connection with Cletus. I won't spoil too much for the sake of discussion, other than that Eddie Brock loses his Toxin symbiote by the end, which is an important detail we'll be picking up later on in this podcast. It was a long journey, but we made it, guys. So how are we all feeling about the series overall and its conclusion? Let's start with you, Roman.
2: Um. Well, I thought that in general the series was great. It was a really cool concept. It was Jerry Conway essentially doing his old series, Tomb of Dracula, with Carnage instead, where it's more about the people hunting Carnage more than Carnage himself. Um. I had some problems with the finale and the last issue, um. but I'm sure we'll get into all of that. Yeah, We. I think... You know,
0: the series overall was pretty great, but that last issue was a bit of an, a problem for me. But how about uh, John or Carlos? Any thoughts?
1: Um, yeah, no, I actually enjoyed the series. Um, it's kind of disappointed it ended uh, due to the sales and all that. Um, but, you know, I really love the artwork that they put out, and, um, you know, it was great seeing Toxin again, but there was... Flaws, you know, I have to admit, but overall, I was pretty satisfied how it turned out.
3: How about you? John? Uh, as for me, as for me, I didn't really uh, read the whole entire series. I dropped it after the first arc. I'm not like a huge Carnage fan, and I was kind of collecting it just for Eddie Brock. Um, but uh, seeing the Venom sites discussion boards on it I decided to go back and pick up some of the issues that had some really good character characterization of Eddie Brock and I don't regret it there were some great issues uh, and uh, Rome it was actually Roman's review of the final issue that kept me from picking that up because I kind of got the gist <laughs> and uh, but yeah I enjoyed the series uh, overall uh, going back and rereading it just for the Eddie Brock moments alo- uh, alone alone.
0: Yeah, I mean, the series did a great job with Eddie Brock. Like, I I give props to Conway cuz it's it's been a long time since we've had good characterization for Eddie Brock ever since um probably I mean, since he we last saw him in uh the Venom series the second series that ended with issue 42 when he was still Toxin and he was hunting down uh, Venom. That was pretty much some of the best Eddie Brock characterization up to that point and it was like this series was very satisfactory up to the end that last issue like I would say Carnage number 15 was the highlight of, of Eddie Brock characterization wouldn't you say?
2: That Eddie's speech in issue number 15 was amazing where Eddie's talking about taking responsibility for his actions in the past and not really blaming other people because that's always been a huge aspect of Eddie's character is um, him being misguided. You know, he's well-intentioned but misguided. And I like that he had a self-reflecting moment even if the final issue kind of forgot that immediately.
0: Yeah, definitely. Although I can say one of the things... I know that we're, we're probably not too fond of with what Conway did was the revelation of Eddie and Cletus's time when they were in prison together. Apparently he's hinting that maybe Eddie abused and beat up on Cletus in prison, which is new to us.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, because like I, I remember the old issues and, you know, their time that they spent in jail and that that kind of I, that kind of got me thinking did he really do that you know so yeah um, also like in the series as well like I, I liked how uh, Claire Dixon always told uh, Brock to shut up <laughs> they, always, oh, yeah. they they also yeah <laughs> it's
0: one of our favorite new catchphrases, shut up Brock <laughs> that was her dying line it was, that was the last word she ever said it's like you were created just to give us that shut up Brock thank you. <laughs>
1: To where that you uh, put the hashtag on Twitter,
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that hashtag will persist for as long as it's entertaining. <laughs> uh, any any additional thoughts, guys, before we move on?
2: Um, I wanna like at least touch on some of the loose plot threads uh, we got like towards the end of the series. I mean, there were just a lot of things that I felt weren't expanded on that could have been. I mean, Toxin was left with a really questionable ending. I mean, what even happened? It became like an angel night, and then it fused with a piece of carnage, and then it absorbed Rays, and then it dissolved, but Conway says it could still come back. So, I mean, I don't know. I just felt like it was very very confusing there at the end.
0: It was a very deus ex machina moment, you know, it's like one moment we see oh he's gonna fight him and next it's just everything's okay yeah
1: Yeah, no because like i was kind of like what what just happened why did he turn into this weird thing and then all of a sudden it's just gone and then it it serves its purpose it defeated the what what was his name uh uh, kithon is that his name the eel demon
2: yeah kithon
1: yeah kithon yeah
2: Yeah, it was like, suddenly Toxin had the ability to use psychic energy, and then just K'Than was gone. It's like, know, okay.
0: Poor, poor Toxin, <laughs> this this symbiote kid has had a rough history, you know. He was great in the beginning where uh, he bonded with Pat Mulligan, the cop, and he has short stint with Mulligan as a hero. And then things went downhill for, for him from there, and it's like, we, we start we know after Pat Mulligan we never knew what the Toxin symbiote was thinking when uh, Remender introduced him as uh, with with um, Brock when he became the new Toxin we completely lost Toxin's own voice so it's like he's been swept under the rug and it's quite an injustice to the character but you know he's had such a rough history I would be surprised if we even did see him again I I mean, poor toxin.
2: You could tell Remender really hated, um, Patrick Mulligan as a character, too. I mean, he didn't even, like, give an explanation in the book as to what happened to him. He was just, like, in an interview, he was like, oh, he was just beaten to death in a gutter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, by <laughs> Darkheart.
0: It's like, he was one of the more interesting symbiote hosts and characters because, you know, he, he had a family that he had to leave just to, um, Be the superhero and to take care of Toxin. It it was an interesting story, but I wish someone went somewhere with it.
2: Yeah, the Toxin Solo series was pretty disappointing, which is strange because the same person who wrote Venom vs. Carnage also wrote the Toxin Solo series, The Devil You Know, and he just seemed like, I don't know, he seemed like he ran out of ideas for the character.
0: Yeah. Alright, any other points before we move on? Uh,
1: I just wanted to say I was kind of surprised when uh, Eddie transformed. That he pretty much took a similar look to Agent Venom's overall design, so it was kind of oh yeah, I, a little something they put in. So. I,
0: I'm I'm not really a fan of the Agent Toxin design. It's, but oh, that's another thing I almost completely forgot about my my own fan theory of what happened to Brock you know uh not not at the end of the series but like at the beginning we see him working for this anti-car task force but he's taken on the role of an a- of an early agent venom where he was under control of a US government um division and it felt to me like he was adopting a lot of the same football like mannerisms of flash thompson and agent venom i hated and- that yeah, but I... is is my own fan theory that I think Eddie Brock was brainwashed. He was, like, conditioned. He was captured by the government, and he was conditioned into being their new Agent Venom since they no longer have Agent Venom. And in that conditioning, he adopted some of the same personality points as Flash Thompson, because that's, that's what I got from it. I don't know
2: about that one. I think, um... I think it could be chalked up a little easier to mischaracterization of Eddie Brock and maybe maybe the desire to still have an Agent Venom-type character. Um, but yeah, it was strange that he was making a bunch of football metaphors, and they definitely wanted to do the same concept with him, um, which they had done before. They had done a similar concept with Eddie Brock before Agent Venom ever existed, where yeah. they um, had him on, under control as an operative uh, with a bomb implanted in him. And yeah, does he still that, have that like, bomb? Uh
0: that's the thing cuz you know they implanted a bomb in him or I don't know I don't think they said they implanted a bomb in him in the series as I reread it they never mentioned a bomb they just said they used the same method to control the symbiote as they did for uh Agent Venom where they used it was a bomb. chemicals but I don't recall I mean I j- I just reread the series most of it last night and I, I never recall anything saying they implanted a bomb
3: Maybe he still has the bomb from uh, the old series. <laughs> oh no, no! I think, I think
0: they got rid of that, didn't they? If they haven't, it's it's probably it's been years, almost like decades, almost since. I that do story. know in
2: the. Oh, sorry. I do know in the Carnage series it was a bomb because Claire Dixon had the kill switch, um, yeah, and that's okay. that's what they had done with Flash Thompson in his series. Except the Venom symbiote had removed it. And so when they detonated it, Crime Master had it. He tried to use that um, as a means to take out Crime Master.
3: All that, right. that is right. Claire does constantly talk about her kill switch in the first arc. I remember that. Okay. So I think that pretty much
0: wraps up the Carnage discussion. Overall, great series until the end. <laughs> We're now for issues into the new Venom series by Mike Costa, Gerardo Sandoval, and company. Not a lot has changed since the last podcast by all appearances. Sandoval's still pumping out gorgeous art, along with Dono Sanchez-Almara's moody colors, but Lee Price still proves to be a frustrating new host for many fans. I know that some of our viewers have commented that John, Carlos, and I were rather harsh in our review of issue one. Unfortunately for them, I don't think a lot has changed on that front. But it might change a bit later, and we'll talk about that when we get into our next segment. For now, let's all discuss
2: our views of Venom number one through four.
0: Roman, we'll start with you.
2: Uh, Yeah, so as for the new Venom series, uh, I do agree with you guys that Lee Price is a terrible character. I think he's bland. I think he's very anime villain inspired, but not in a good way. Um, And I feel like he's more of a plot device than a character. I feel like he's there to re-corrupt the symbiote and kind of return it towards what it was before Bendis' Guardians of the Galaxy retcon. Other than that, it's been pretty competently written. Like, I don't have any problems with the way the book is written, But Lee is so bland and unlikable as a character, and the story's been so small, that I just feel like we're kind of biding time.
0: And how about you, John? What's your thoughts?
3: Uh, I think it's gotten a little bit more interesting as the comic has gone on, not because of Lee, but because of the, the things happening around him. Uh, you know, Black Cat being in a gang war is interesting, these FBI agents breathing down his throat is kind of interesting, and, but Lee continues to be this edgy character that doesn't really do anything interesting, uh, just abuses the symbiote and says an edgy line and continues on. Uh, but I will say uh, I have enjoyed the last few issues more than the first one, but not by much. And like I said, it's only because there's a little bit more interesting things going on around him, but not he's not himself interesting.
0: All right. And how about you, Carlos? Any thoughts?
1: Um. Well, yeah. Well, when I read a, a, a issue four that came out on Wednesday, I mean, I still don't really like Lee as a character. Um, this whole thing that he's doing with the symbiote is not really cool in any way um like the thing i don't understand now is that uh the symbiote it's like it can't really take a shape anymore and in space knight he he could take his own shape without flash and all of a sudden now that Lee's in control it seems like he's more in a weaker state than he was before and um you know i mean this whole like again i agree with uh about the whole point of a Black Hat and you know the FBI agents you know it, it is it is keeping me interested but you know we all know what's going to be happening in the next two issues coming up and especially with uh, issue 150 around the corner so
0: which we will be I getting into uh, yeah. uh, we'll be getting into that point in the next section but uh, yeah with issue number four I, I still don't like like the rest of you don't really care about Lee don't really like him He, and I don't understand why other people defend him, honestly. Uh, He, what he's doing, you know, he's trying to be this this crime boss, but what really is the motivation behind that? Why why does he want to be a crime boss? Um, Why is he even playing around with Black Cat in the crime war she has going on? And why with the secrecy, you know, I mean... Venom being a secret weapon, why? I mean, if you're so big and intimidating and you want to be... I mean, I, I get that he mentioned that, you know, crime bosses with their faces in light, they get beat up by superheroes, they get hounded by law enforcement. But even then, you know, he's just not a great character. He isn't.
2: Lee Price, to me, seems like the anti-Flash. It seems like they wanted to make a character who was similar to Flash in background and setup, like he's an army ranger and he's an amputee and all of this crap. But then he's also a remorseless psychopath and he tortures the symbiote instead of befriending it. And I feel like, again, it's just he's there to show, and there was a line in one of the issues uh, where where the symbiote said, all we have are our hosts to tell us who we are. And Lee is telling it that it's this small, like weak thing that's there to be used and, and abused. And that's where we're seeing the symbiote kind of devolve and stop being able to um do the things it did in Space Night. And I do I feel like that's just that's what it is. Lee is there to regress the symbiote back to a point pre Guardians of the Galaxy.
3: Yeah. That that's actually like a really awesome point uh, to say that the, uh, the host define who it is, you know, with flash, it was a hero. It was strong and it like, you know, it was built up as such. And with Eddie, it was, uh, you know, they were of a similar mindset, so they were completely bonded, you know, nothing crazy. But with Lee, that's actually a really good point that I hadn't considered yet is that Lee does treat it like this petulant child that he can just abuse all he wants and used to his own will. And so it makes a lot of sense in that regard. Like we said, the writing is clever, but the, the character is just awful. Right. So. And,
1: and and the thing is too, is like, I just didn't understand the whole, uh, I think it was like issue one or two where he's overpowering the symbiote physically. And I'm like, "Ah, what, you know, it's like, she should be more stronger than him to overpower him and take control of his mind or something. But, you know, it's,
2: that really competes. He hits me. it with a chair.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> uh yeah, I think that's like just plot convenience, right? Like how do we keep the symbiote on him? Well, he can will it onto him. Except for that one part where it just gets off of him for no apparent reason, right? Like just out of nowhere it can it can get off of him, but it goes back to him because it wants to save him. I think that was issue three, right?
1: Yeah, he he gets shot, I believe, and then Venom has no choice in like, okay, fine, I hate you, but I'm going to save you because I'm going to prove that I'm a better person, you know?
3: Right, and and it, it, yeah, I guess, like, okay, the symbiote's being heroic or whatever, even though it doesn't make sense logically. But, like, it, it annoyed me that through the first two issues, the symbiote was trapped with Lee, but in this one moment, it somehow could escape him and they haven't explained anything like we can theorize all we want that like oh in this moment lee was distracted so the symbiote could get off of him but the comic itself needs to explain that to us like we like it doesn't make sense that it could just jump off of him at any time or else why hasn't he just ditched him like he did uh fortunato a long time ago yeah, I think
2: that's a good point. There are some little minor contradictions within the book itself, like that, that I think um, are just kind of brushed over. I feel like this arc is gonna it's gonna make a lot more sense in the long term, and when we get to the next uh, the next topic we're talking about, I think we can flesh that out more. But I feel like the reason this series is so like unsatisfying so far is because it's going to take more issues i feel like these things these issues are just setting up the future plot
3: right if you read anyone's review of the book right now even the ones that are are enjoying it for multiple reasons all say they can't fully enjoy the book because of lee so we're not alone in this like we're not biased in this fact you know, reviewers everywhere have been saying the same exact exact thing that Lee is just a boring, bland character that isn't motivated enough to do anything.
1: And and um, also, uh, John. I mean, we've also seen on Twitter people like saying that Lee is better than Flash and Eddie. And I'm like, it's it's such it's so cringe. It's I I have no words. I have no words for that.
0: So
3: yeah, those yeah. those five Lee fans are going to be disappointed in a in a couple months, I guess.
0: <laughs> yep. Although I'll say that whole introduction in I believe it was issue three with the uh with the symbiote explaining oh you know uh we are defined by our hosts this is how our history is created we have no history of our own as you as you can understand it i love that bit about the symbiotes because you know we learned a lot about uh symbiote origins and culture in both space knight and guardians of the galaxy with the whole pile of the symbiotes thing um and it was like they were establishing the symbiotes as, you know, this uh, benevolent spacefaring race where they're going around finding the best host and being space cops. But in the end, the symbiote is still just a passive character. A uh, uh, How did I say? It was um, accessory to the host, where the host is really the one who defines the symbiote. And Lee is not a great example of a of who should be defining a symbiote. And that's what is really terrible about this because I see that Costa is probably trying to make the symbiote the main character of the story and making Lee the antagonist the bad guy. But historically the symbiote is still just accessory to the host and we need to care about the host and that's the issue with this series right now is that you can't care about the host that's why it's not really working out
2: i think that's a really good point but i also think that is the point of the series i think that we're moving towards that i think that um you know showing us how terrible lee is as a host and showing what can happen to the symbiote and how it can change depending on what character it's tied to Because even if you look outside of, like, okay, Marvel's continuity and the history of the symbiotes, like, look at it from a literary perspective and just as a character. Like, symbiote characters are completely based on the host. Like, if you're going to look at any of the past uh, iterations of Venom, you're going to be talking about Eddie Brock. You're going to be talking about Flash Thompson. You're even going to be talking about Matt Gargan when he was Venom. I mean, this defines the character. And like you said and like the book said, like, the character is going to change depending on who has it. So you can't just leave it on someone like Lee because he is uninteresting. He is bland and he is just, I I feel like again, there to do stuff to the symbiote instead of to be the host of the symbiote. And I think that's been proven true from many of the interviews.
0: Yeah. And it's like, we've all been saying from, from pretty much the beginning as, as I have hashtagged on Twitter, uh, We want him to be more like Fortunato and less like Gargan, where Gargan was a villain, you know, he was a real bad guy compared to Brock or to Flash Thompson. But Lee is much worse, and if Costa's original plan was to have Lee be the new host, you know, the new host for a while, for a few years, this wouldn't have worked.
1: Yeah, no. Because if that was the case, I really, I really can't see myself picking up any more issues if he's in it. You know, if he's going to be making very poor decisions on how he's going to be using the symbiote and making it even more aggressive than it used to be.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that's why we're all just ecstatic to talk about the next uh, segment.
0: <laughs> yeah. So how about we'll just wrap this segment up and we'll go into the next segment. So. Finally, we're going to get to the biggest news topic we've all been waiting to discuss about. Eddie Brock is coming back as Venom in Marvel Comics this April. In Venom number 6, Eddie will be rebounding with a symbiote after 13 long years without him. I assume it's probably going to be like... Venom, uh, he'll show up towards the end of Venom 6 and become Venom because Venom number 150 will be his first official real story as Venom. But back before Venom number 1 was published, Costa said that Eddie would eventually show up in the series along with other past hosts like Matt Gargan and Flash Thompson. But didn't elaborate on how large of a role he'd play. Now we know as of the solicitation for Venom number 6 which has a cover of a classic Venom showing part of Eddie's head and him saying we're back. Marvel even retweeted the cover, making the announcement official, Eddie Brock is back baby. Details surrounding his return are non-existent, and we still don't know how this will play into May's mega-sized anniversary issue, Venom number 150, which has been marketed as the biggest Venom event of the decade. But we can speculate So let's talk about our hopes, dreams, and fears with this exciting news. Again, we'll start with you, Roman.
2: Well, uh, as a major Eddie Brock fan, like I mentioned, Eddie Brock is my favorite Marvel character by far. Like, it's not even a contest. This is the best news that could have happened to me, and it was something that I've been hoping throughout this series was their plan. And I think that um a little bit of my faith in Mike Costa has been restored with these uh with this news being dropped. um and I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what they do with it. We do have we know a little bit about Venom One fifty just in the past couple of days, even they've been talking about it. um, we know that there's gonna be an Eddie Brock adventure in one fifty, his first adventure at the Symbiote, like you said. um, we know there's gonna be a flashback to his lethal protector days, just to really like nail in that nostalgia and we're finally going to get the explanation of how flash thompson and the symbiote were separated which we all need
3: right i'm extremely excited for this as well this is like this was this is the love letter to symbiote fans uh I, i believe that they were talking about since the beginning Uh, I feel like they're showing a lot of respect to both characters, both Eddie Brock and Flash Thompson, with Venom 150, and it makes me, as a fan of both, ecstatic. I think it's awesome that uh, Eddie Brock is going to start off with a new numbering, even, uh, going back to legacy numbering, and I think it shows even more respect that they're getting Robbie Thompson, the man who wrote for Venom Space Knight, to to write a natural conclusion to Flash Thompson's time as Venom, I don't really trust Mike Costa to do that, because he hasn't been following Flash Thompson, uh, but Robbie Thompson wrote for him. So I, I think it shows like a really good respect for Flash Thompson as a character to have Robbie Thompson wrap that up for us, and it'll be a really nice bookend to Flash Thompson's time as Venom.
0: Yeah, so uh, before we continue with this discussion, I just wanted to point out that, as John said, With Venom number 150, we will be returning to legacy numeration. What this means is that um, instead of Venom number 7 as the continuation from Venom number 6, Venom number 7 will be replaced by number 150, since uh, up until that point there have been 150 Venom-titled publications in Venom's history. So, uh, after Venom number 150, the series will continue, but with this new num- numeration, w- starting with Venom number 150 to w- number 151 and onwards. And hopefully this continues for a while, you know, before they do an eventual reboot as we know Marvel does. But anyways, um, back to, let's get to Carlos, what's your thoughts?
1: Um, when I first saw the the tweet that, I don't know which one of you retweeted, I was... Super excited, and I knew uh, Aaron, if he's listening, uh, he was, (laughs) he was very, very ecstatic, and I I was just freaking out. Um, I'm really glad that they're actually doing this. This is what we really need when it comes to the character. Um, Honestly, I really can't wait to see what Eddie brings to the table, and um, you know, I'm just excited. I'm definitely will be picking up the uh, variants and. I'll probably get to the comic store early in the morning and read the first issue uh, when the issue hits. Um, but as for um, as for what I'm hoping for, um, I'm hoping he can probably, you know, uh, re-strengthen the relationship with the Venom symbiote and all that, and hopefully uh, we'll probably get to see more battles between him and Spider-Man, and maybe he'll have more original stories coming in the, in the new year in 2017. So I'm actually lo- really looking forward to that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's going to be interesting seeing how Eddie and the symbiote interact after all of these years. If you look at it as kind of a like relationship standpoint, um, they've been broken up for a long time. And they had a complicated, at the very least, relationship to begin with, um, which went through some like better and worse times. So it's going to be interesting seeing where the characters are now, both Eddie and the Symbiote, and how they rejoin. Because Eddie, as we've seen, has been in a giant redemption arc for a good while, I would say even um, from anti-Venom on. And the Symbiote has now experienced like an abusive, horrible host in Lee Price. Um, so by contrast, Eddie's going to be looking like a great you know, alternative to that, and us as the readers probably feel that as well.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be great because you know we've seen the symbiote and we've seen Eddie going through these redemptive arcs, and unfortunately, it looks like Costa's setting up the symbiote to devolve back into somewhat of its corrupted state before the whole pile of symbiote arcs, um, and that's the really unfortunate part because you know we could have had Eddie and the symbiote come together and say you know we really want to try to do better but now it's going to be more like Eddie's the one who wants to try to do better if that characterization persists if Kasa keeps that and uh, then we have the symbiote who's corrupted again um, be a bit more savage and it's going to end up being a lethal protector situation I think where uh he means well but his methods are quite violent um and as i had tweeted it's a bittersweet reunion for me because i've i've been a proponent for eddie brock as anti-venom that was his best character arc um for redeeming himself as a good guy and that if he had bought when when he bonded with a toxin symbiote, he was reverting back into that lethal protector, and it's like it's bittersweet because it's it's nostalgia, but it's also um, stepping back from that progress that we had.
1: Um, but didn't uh, didn't you also say uh, they were going to be hinting a return of anti Venom pretty soon?
0: No, no, no. Um, what it was is. Uh, there was another interview with Dan Slott about Amazing Spider-Man, and someone had asked him about, uh, you know, what about Eddie Brock and the new Venom, and he had mentioned that last time he had wrote about Eddie Brock and Venom uh, was when Eddie Brock was anti-Venom. Although I think he might be forgetting his Renew Your Vows uh, mini-series from Secret Wars, uh, which had a version of, of Eddie Brock and Venom, which I really did not care for.
2: Yeah, he killed him off in the first issue.
0: <laughs> Not only that, he made Eddie Brock um, he, a monster. <laughs> a monster in that he was okay with threatening to kill a child, an innocent, which is totally against his coda. Um, but no, he he was just making the mention that the last time uh, he wrote Eddie Brock in Amazing Spider-Man, he was anti-Venom, and I thought that would be some sort of little hint because he also said that. Flash Thompson will be making a return in the Amazing Spider-Man series as a side character, you know, as the supporting cast as he originally was. Uh, Of course, that's cementing the fact that Flash Thompson won't be Venom anymore, which we pretty much guessed. And I was just suggesting, you know, oh, you know, he's talking about anti-Venom and he's talking about uh, Flash Thompson returning. Maybe it could be something, but that's just speculation.
2: I feel like it's important to note um too, even as anti Venom, Eddie Brock, uh, he still never quite ventured fully into that hero role. Now, it was like a big it was a big step towards his redemption. Um, but especially if you look at I, I believe it was New Ways to Live with the Punisher team up arc, he was still incredibly violent. He was still acting as an antihero, he was still um almost murdering people, and the only thing that was stopping him was his um side character jenna who was his parallel for drug addiction so
0: i I do that's one thing i do miss about anti-venom and everything is jenna cole his junkie sidekick character who he saved Uh, because to me she was his personification of his conscience you know whenever she was around he wanted to be better and in return she wanted to be better because of him and that was a great dynamic uh, that they had going, and they completely dropped the ball on her character, and she's she's pretty much non-existent these days. I really want to see some closure, like what happened to Jenna,
2: you know? I think it was a good parallel for Eddie. It, it, it was good to show, um, you know, how the symbiote can be it can be something that you can control and that you can do like reasonably or that it can you know start to control you and even though anti-venom wasn't a symbiote per se it was just going into that like the themes of the character throughout his entire history um it would be cool to see her come back
0: it would you know i mean as an annual you know i would like to see eddie brock addressing some of his past supporting characters from new ways to live with Jenna Cole and from his uh Luther days in San Francisco uh with uh his uh, I think it's Beck Underwood Underwood what's her name his old girlfriend from San Francisco who was a lawyer that would been that would be nice to see some closure on that part cuz he just kind of left San Francisco um and he has had a rough history with her you know if you read Venom the Madness you know that he he got a bit uh he got a bit rapey with her because of his insanity.
2: Well, we will be getting a flashback to the lethal to the lethal protector days um, in one hundred and fifty. So who knows what kind of you know what kind of characters will be showing up in that.
1: Uh, I also remember um, in the old issues uh, Brock when he befriended these. Uh, homeless people and they were doing drugs and they ended up dead, killing themselves. And there was also other people he couldn't save. So hopefully that doesn't transition over to the new issues where he tries to save, save someone and it ends up backfiring in, in some way.
2: Yeah, but- I wonder if, I wonder if mania could be um, introduced into Eddie Brock's story uh, in kind of a similar way because he does seem to find these wayward um either youths or wayward people that are you know going through similar troubles and he at least tries to save them uh that even happened in carnage unleashed where he he found a a girl who was moving to new york to like move in with this heroin addict and stuff and he was trying to help her out
0: yeah like i i like the idea because um you know it's always like with wayward uh girls you know we had Jenna Cole, we had the the woman you're talking about, I don't exactly remember her name. She showed up for like two arcs. Um but it's almost like he's almost adopting these women, uh these young women, uh, as the daughters that he and Anne never had. And I, I also hope that with the um with the Lethal Protector story in Venom number one fifty we see at least a little something about Anne Wying, his ex wife, because I feel like she doesn't get enough attention, you know, uh, ever since her death, he really hasn't um, thought about her or had been shown to be thinking about her because you know he was married to her for a while and then uh, she died and uh, that should be weighing on his soul. So um, the whole family aspect with Eddie Brock where he he makes this extended family through these other characters who are going through troubles of their own that he's trying to help. I think that's something that I would like to see with uh, the with the new status quo.
1: And um, going back to what Roman said, I actually really do agree. I really do hope um, Eddie does eventually come in contact with Mania and uh, ends up probably taking her under his wing. Um, but again, it's still far off. We don't know yet. But that's one team up I really would like to see. Actually, so.
3: Yeah, on, on that note, I think that would just be a good idea all around. Uh, perhaps in in whatever happens to Flash Thompson, he's obviously moving back to New York uh, to be a side character for the Spider-Man series. Well, it would be a good opportunity to have Mania move, you know, with him, and you know, Flash act as like either a legal guardian or just like something, you know, to stay in her life. And that would not only continue that story arc for Flash, but it would also put Mania in New York to interact with Eddie Brock. And it would be a really cool thing to have her wanting to be more like Eddie Brock, but Flash trying to keep her, you know, good all around. It would be a really nice dynamic. I like that idea. Right, and, and and it's, like, out there, and I really doubt it's going to happen, but I think that would be, like, an, a really awesome, ideal situation for Mania to be like, ah, oh, like, Eddie Brock is doing it right, but Flash is like, no, he's not, he's killing, he's killing, and that's wrong, and you have this angel and devil situation with Mania, uh, and it would be a really cool dynamic, but I really doubt that's going to happen, unfortunately. Well,
2: if you look at symbiotes as characters, if you consider them kind of like a family within Marvel, um, as well as a literal family, seeing as most of them are related to Venom's line, um, like the X-Men family or like the Avengers family, um, the symbiote characters do tend to come across each other. They do tend to cross over into each other's titles. So I don't think it's far out that we would at least see Mania interact with Eddie Brock as Venom. I think that's an opportunity that if they don't use it, it's, it's just a massive waste. Right.
3: she's a great character. Yeah, she's a fantastic character. I really do hope it happens. Uh, but we'll see down the line. They've, I'm sure they've got a lot planned. Unless, you know,
0: we do have that story with Flash and the symbiote in Venom 150 where we learn what happened between them that they separated. If that's somehow connected to Andy and Mania, something happened where the Venom symbiote did something to them and that caused the rift.
3: Yeah, I feel like we could speculate for another hour as to why Flash separates from the symbiote because I, for one, I just can't think of a reason given their current situation at the time. So it'll be really, really interesting to see what Robbie Thompson comes up with. Uh, Some moral reason that Flash Thompson would leave uh, the symbiote or vice versa. Who knows what's going on. And that's
0: what makes it Um, interesting with this series is because that would set up the Venom symbiote as an unreliable narrator where so far we've seen that the symbiote still has that good in him where he wants to do good and everything. Um, and he's gotten mixed up with Lee who's making him do all these bad things. Well, what if the reason he separated with flash Thompson in the first place was because some part of him was still bad and you know, we can't really rely on him saying, oh, I want to be good. Well, there's this part of you that's also bad.
3: Right. I I think that would be a decent reason because he is on Earth, so he is out of the range of whatever the agents of the cosmos or whatever. So, like, he doesn't have that influence as much anymore. And so it's very possible that he, who knows what, he could have killed someone and Flash was like, enough, like, this has to end. And, and so he someone got... Someone
0: could uh, have been mania.
3: That's very true. That's Oh wow. Well don't don't kill Andy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, please do not.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want her dead either, but I'm just saying
2: possibly if anything Flash could have decided that you know, I feel like Flash as a character really outgrew his time as Venom. I mean, and that's yeah. one of the problems you have with having a heroic Venom is you do like they did move completely away from what makes Venom stories—the um, conflict between the host and the symbiote, and what that does to both of them, especially what that does to the host psyche. That's that's a large part of the characterization. So once you move past that, you're just a guy with a suit that talks to you. So I feel like Flash kind of outgrew the symbiote, and he may have left it. Um, if you're looking at it from again a relationship standpoint, he may have left the symbiote to take care of Andy maybe he finally realized that Andy that he had abandoned Andy and run off into space and that he needed to be a dad and maybe the venom symbiote in his mind was getting in the way of that or maybe something bad did happen you know but i i doubt they would kill off Andy uh for that
3: right i i think i think we're we're going to see something very interesting coming out and I, i'm just excited for it to happen i really want closure on the character uh at the venom the agent venom past five years, I would, re- I would really like a, to bookend that. I, it's been really frustrating for the past couple months just being like well it, he's not; they're not together anymore and I guess you'll find out why but it, it's really reassuring that they are getting Robbie Thompson to to write a story and finally bookend it.
0: And there's another thing that I'm also excited about is you know the creators who are working on Venom number 150 for the Lethal Protector story with Eddie Brock in the past we have David Michelini, the, one of the co-creators of Venom, working on that story. That's freaking blowing my mind, you know. He did Venom Lethal Protector. He did the original stories with Venom. It, it's, I'm excited for that.
1: It's, it's a real treat. So.
2: It definitely feels like they're trying to reassure us. They're trying to say, look... Like, we know you're not liking these couple of issues, but it's for a reason. Like, we're moving somewhere great, and you just need to, like, be along for the ride till we get there. (laughs) Um, And, I mean, shit, all they need is to bring Mark Backley back on to draw Venom again. And and we've got some incredibly classic stuff. I I do love Sandoval's art, though. I love Sandoval's art, though. Um, I do think his designs for Eddie Brock, we've seen, what, maybe two of... Eddie Brock Venom drawings in the current Venom series, and they've both been gorgeous.
0: Yeah, and yes. uh, one of the interesting choices I thought for the creative creative group is Ron Lim, um, a classic, you know, staple in Marvel comics and different types of comics and everything. We've seen him in the past, and he's worked on Venom a few times, but it was an interesting choice to bring him back for the anniversary issue, because I would have guessed they would brought back you know mark bagley or or another venom favorite uh so it's an interesting choice i i'm interested to see what ron Lim brings to this book
1: um also i just wanted to bring a little bit of wishful thinking now we know that um Marvel, they always killed off characters and they eventually bring them back, but um, what I'm hoping in the Eddie Brock run, the new series that's going to happen soon, um, I, would, I would really like to see and hope and pray that we might get Scream come back from the dead. I don't know. This is just uh, wishful thinking on my part. Um, I think I would like to see her return and uh, try to get revenge on Eddie uh, for killing her, but again, I don't know if she's completely permanently dead, but that's just something I would like to see, hopefully, down the road. So
0: I'd I'd, I'd hope to see also the hybrid dog, you know, the, the dog that has the hybrid symbiotes attached to it, as we saw it last. Yeah, hybrid.
2: Yeah. Yeah, hybrids up in the air. They kind of just left him dangling after uh, Deadpool
3: versus Carnage. There, there's been word, uh, you know, that Lee may continue to be a villain in the series, which. You know, I'm not exactly psyched for, but maybe he'll get the hybrid symbiote. Who knows? Uh, I'd, I'd rather have Lee die.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just be yes. done with the yeah.
3: <laughs> I think I think that would be a good a good start to Eddie Brock's story. I'm and I agree that I think that would be the ideal moment of like the shift of the Venom symbiote back to a Lethal Protector is the first person he kills is Lee. I think that yes. would be poetic justice. Uh, But I'm only going off of uh, IGN's interview with Devin Lewis. This is the only reason I'm speculating that Lee could stay around as an antagonist is because he said that was the plan all along. So uh, that's kind of a concern because I would prefer if he was just gone. But if it happens, how would you guys feel about that? Well, as as long as it's a quick death.
1: I mean, honestly, again, if it if Eddie kills Lee, or if or the symbiote kills Lee, I would be perfectly happy with that. Or if something, if he just, you know, benched aside and we don't hear from him again ever, you know.
2: I think it would be interesting. I mean, I feel like killing Lee would be the perfect move to transition back to Eddie. And there is that interview that was put out by IGN, um, which may throw a wrench in it, but. I mean, even if the symbiote was still attached to Lee and he sees Eddie and he's like, oh my god, it's Eddie. Eddie, help me. Help me. Like, this guy's crazy. And Eddie saves the symbiote from Lee. Like, Eddie murders Lee and the symbiote, like, runs back to him. Like, I just feel like that would be a great transitional moment. Um and Lee is just, he's useless. Like, there's no reason to keep him. He's hes the darkness. He's fucking, he's a generic anime villain. I don't see the point in making him a villain. He's not compelling. He's not conducive to good storytelling. He's just kind of there.
3: I absolutely agree, yeah. They need, I would prefer if they just got rid of him completely. Uh, I think no one's enjoyed him as a character as far as, uh... The reviewers and stuff go like he's been hurting the sales of of that book, and I think Marvel knows that. You know, uh, I think Marvel uh, is seeing like what's happening here, and they're moving to you know feed to our nostalgia, right? To move back to Eddie Brock, to go back to classic lettering or legacy lettering uh, or numbering. I'm sorry, uh, 150, 151. It's basically another reboot but even better, right? Like, I think people are going to see, like, Venom 150, what is this? And they're going to pick it up, and they're going to read it, and they're going to love it, you know, hopefully.
0: (laughs) Although I would say there is one thing that gives me caution, and that is from the beginning of this Venom series, Costa has been saying he wants to make Venom a villain again. He wants to make him a brain-eating villain again. And... We haven't seen that part of Venom with Lee, and I'm afraid that his idea of taking Venom back to its roots means taking Eddie Brock's Venom back to being a villain. And I'd rather, and it doesn't make sense to me because you know he's been on this redemptive arc. He he should be becoming more of an antihero, like his original uh, Lethal Protector self, but better. And I'm hoping I, I, that we don't see him become a straight up villain.
3: Yeah, I absolutely agree. But I'll also say Mike Costa has been a terrible uh, interviewer or interviewee. Uh, in all of his interviews, he said stuff that just hasn't come to fruition. Like he said that the symbiote strike force was going to be made up of like Gargan and Eddie and stuff. But instead, he's now moved on to say that the FBI agents are the symbiote strike force, which makes no sense. Uh, so I take what he says with like a huge grain of salt, because I don't really I don't really think they're dumb enough to just make Eddie just a Spider-Man villain again who's eating brains. I really hope it's not true. It is a concern, but everything he said has just not happened yet. So I I hope it doesn't happen. <laughs>
2: I almost and, think the Oh, sorry.
1: No, I was just gonna say the only the only concerns I would have is like like I really hope that okay once Eddie becomes Venom but in always like I hope he's not gonna they're gonna like, okay, you guys had your fun with Eddie, now we're gonna take the symbiote off and we'll do that in about five months or half in the year and then it'll just go back to Flash or go back to Lee and he somehow comes back and you know, I don't want that to be like a, a, a total buzzkill, you know. This has to be something that needs to last for a good long while, you know? So,
2: There's no way they're doing all of this and then just making Eddie super temporary. There's honestly, it's just, there's no way. I mean, unless the book was panned unanimously by all fans and people just weren't buying it, which I could never see that happening. They've made such a big deal about this and they they propped it up so much and they're really like, they seem excited about it um i feel like eddie's return is here for at least a sizable venom run um and it it, it's great to see that eddie brock is going to be getting an ongoing because most of the time with classic venom books um which is kind of more impressive with them doing the math to figure out it's at 150 uh venom was always done in miniseries venom was always done in like five issues four issues six issues um so I'm really excited to see an Eddie Brock book that's an ongoing. I want to see them build up story arcs over time and really like see those come to pre- fruition. I want to see him interact with more of the Marvel universe. Um, I think it's just it's a great time for Venom, especially after the past couple of years um, where it seems like they didn't really know what to do with the character. Like I mean, since 2013, um, that was the last really like in my opinion like good long ongoing Venom book.
1: Yeah, it, it like lasted like forty two issues for Agent Venom, right?
2: Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah.
3: Forty two issues. He's been on three teams. He, you know, it's forty two issues, not including all the in between, like the Scarlet Spider crossover. Uh, you know, Agent Venom was extremely successful, and so that's why I'm extremely curious to see how successful this new Eddie Brock series is going to be. You know, I have no doubt that it'll be very popular at the start, but I'm I'm very curious to see if we're going to get to let's say Venom 200. Will it last 50 issues? I'm very curious to see. With how Marvel's going right now, I don't think it's Eddie Brock's fault if the sales go poorly. I think it'll be more how Marvel's been handling everything. Uh, so it'll it'll be interesting to see if they just reboot it once it gets close to 20,000, like they have been with everything else.
0: But I hope it's a soft reboot in that, you know, uh, oh, the fans are seeing, you know, these new fans are like, oh, you know, where do we start? Because this is starting at number 150, and it's like, well, what about the previous 149 issues? It's like, oh, well, we're just going to restart with a, the with a new numbering, you know, issue number one, and we're just going to continue the story with Eddie Brock. I hope that's what it ends up being. But I also hope that this is a sign of things to come with Eddie Brock returning, because, uh, yes, Marvel has stated that... um Come later in the year, we are going to start seeing a line-wide um, new initiative with them returning to, you know, uh, focusing on the original characters, the original Iron Man and all that. They're bringing back these original characters to almost do a sort of um, DC rebirth type of situation where they're going back to basics, even though they're going to still... Uh, keep a lot of these new characters, like Miss Marvel and all that um but I hope it's a sign as well that venom might be gaining some attention in other media uh that Eddie Brock is coming back because we already know there has been rumors not recently but in the recent past of a venom film. Uh, a independent Venom film uh, being produced by Sony, but also in relation to Marvel Entertainment and uh, Marvel Studios,
3: rather. Uh, I that's think never going to happen. <laughs> well, I, I think that's a huge reason uh, that Eddie Brock is back. I think it's a com- it's a combination of a few things because Marvel could have easily said, uh, "Bring Flash back, corrupt the symbiote, and give it back to Flash." Uh, because Agent Venom sold extremely well in the comics. But they didn't do that, and I think that's because in the movies and in in video games, they're starting to they market for one another, and I think that's a, a really big reason why Eddie Brock's back. I think we're going to see classic Eddie Brock Venom in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. I'm almost positive at this point. I, I think... I'm not positive that he's going to be in the movies, but if they wanted to go that route, of course they would want Eddie to be Venom in the comics. I think because Disney is this huge force that controls Marvel right now, I, I believe like that's a huge reason Eddie Brock's back, because it's way easier to market classic Venom, and he's way easier to put in things.
0: Yeah, and not only that, we have his 30th anniversary coming up in 2018 even though they're saying this is uh the number 150 will be the anniversary issue it's a year early but uh because uh, eddie brock's uh venom was created in 1988 next year will be the anniversary and they've been ramping up if you've noticed in merchandise they've been ramping up on symbiote venom related stuff so i'm hoping this is
2: a good sign Plus, they've done Venomized covers for all of their other books. Um, and I do agree that he might be showing up in the video games a lot more and other media like that, but uh, Marvel does not want to promote Sony's movies. They don't want to promote a Sony Venom film. Um, so I think that like looking back at the comics, like Marvel's rebirth, as it were, whatever they end up calling it, this new initiative, they are definitely taking a page from DC Rebirth, and part of that is returning the, you know, considered iconic characters back to their original roles. Um, Eddie Brock is part of that. We've got the new spectacular Spider-Man, which is going to be in continuity, and it's going to be running alongside of Dan Slot series, um, but it's going to be returning Spider-Man back to a web-slinging, you know, street-level superhero again, and we've seen announcements like that across the board for characters, and we're going to be seeing a lot more. So I think the Eddie Brock coming back is part of this rebirth that Marvel is doing. Um, they've seen the success DC has had, and they want it for themselves.
3: Roman, quick question. Uh, you said the Spectacular Spider-Man series, that's going to be in continuity?
2: Yes. Okay. As far as what I saw, it's going to be running uh, concurrently alongside of Dan Slott's Amazing Spider-Man series, which is confusing because of the direction that book has gone. Um, but they, they want to focus on him just swinging around, doing stuff in the city again. It's kind of Spider-Man rebirth.
3: Okay, that's kind of that's gonna it's kind of odd. Like I understand why they're doing it, but it's kind of odd that they're running them side by side like that because I agree. The, like classic Spider-Man is poor, and you know, like the cover. He, I saw the cover. He has like a mustard stain on his shirt. Like, yeah, that's really funny and clever. But right now he's just like Tony Stark in the comics, so that's going to be kind of confusing.
2: I could see them having Spider-Man lose his company um in the next couple of arcs of even dan slot's book and i feel like the reason they're running them concurrently is because they don't want uh dan slot to go over to dc they want to keep him on so it's like although many people feel like his time has kind of passed on spider-man and he's doing things that not that many fans like um they still want him he's one of their main writers he's like a bendis at this point
1: point. and yeah he. He's written for the uh, Amazing Spider-Man for years now, right? Since, like, 2007-ish?
2: Yeah. He said they'd have to fire him to get him to stop writing it, so... Oh, my goodness.
0: Huh. But uh, it's, it's good that we brought up Spider-Man, because, you know... With Eddie Brock's return, how is that going to play out with Spider-Man? Will we see him come into the Amazing Spider-Man series or the new Spectacular Spider-Man series? And how will that relationship play out? Because last we saw Eddie Brock and Spider-Man together, back when he was anti-Venom, he pretty uh, Eddie Brock pretty much got a little more respect from uh, Spider-Man. And he also forgave Spider-Man for all the things that he that Eddie Brock blamed him for. You know, he it's part of his redemption arc where he's starting to take more responsibility for everything he's done. So uh, it'll be interesting to see that because you know, his last uh, Spider-Man's last interaction with Venom was at the end of Space Night, near the end of Space Night where, uh, you know, Peter Parker uh, Spider-Man already knows that uh, Flash Thompson was Venom and now he's going to see Eddie Brock as Venom again and It's going to be a complex interaction between Eddie Brock and Spider-Man.
3: Right. Uh, I guess this is a good time to voice, like, my greatest fear for the upcoming Venom series is that the FBI want Venom to remember who Spider-Man is, right? And I thought that was, like, really odd and out of nowhere. But my greatest fear is that by the time Spider-Man comes back, Venom is going to bond with Spider-Man remember who Spider-Man is and then bond with Eddie because he hates Spider-Man and he's going to remind Eddie who Spider-Man really is because Eddie Brock has forgotten why he hated them both together, right? Like, he hates Peter Parker and Spider-Man separately. Like, he doesn't know Peter Parker, Spider-Man at this point, right?
0: Yeah, that is is an interesting point. You know, he he forgave Spider-Man, but he still has... I mean, we haven't seen it in a long time, but he still has that that hatred for for Peter Parker in particular.
2: Right. And exactly. he knows why he knows why he hates Peter, he just doesn't know that Peter's Spider-Man.
3: Right. And so that's kind of like my main concern is that Venom's going to bond with Spider-Man and instead of respecting Spider-Man like he did in Space Night, he's going to dig through his mind, find out who he is, and then he's going to be like, "Crap, I hate this guy. He abandoned me." and so he's going to jump off and search for Eddie Brock and then or Eddie Brock's going to be conveniently there and so he's going to bond with Eddie Brock remind Eddie Brock who Spider-Man is and so he's like no I forgave him but then the symbiote will influence Eddie Brock to hate Spider-Man again and i th- i think like that's cool cuz it's nostalgia but at the same time it's such a backlash for the character
0: however like making Eddie however if you recall from the whole um, montage scene from Venom Number Three, uh, the symbiote had good things to say about Spider-Man. It it
1: well, well, like the thing was is like in Space Night, the second last issue, like. He didn't he, like, make amends with Spider-Man saying, oh, I'm so sorry for doing all these things. Please forgive me. I promise I won't do anything bad. But then now I look at the uh, issue 5 preview and, you know, Spider-Man's now going to face Venom again, but this time it's going to be Lee, apparently. And it's like, well, all that just got thrown out of the window is what I'm getting, so.
3: Well, in Space Night, Venom doesn't remember who Spider-Man is. Like, he doesn't remember his secret identity or anything. And and, and they kind of retcon that because, remember, Robbie Thompson had it so the symbiote didn't remember its previous hosts. We know that's untrue now because it remembers Matt Gargan. And we know that's true now because he was saying how good Spider-Man was. But at the same time, he might be desperate enough to rebond with Spider-Man to find out who he is so the FBI will leave him alone, right? Because right now he's stupid. He, he does it, He's not thinking. So he'll do it just to get the FBI off his back. And by doing that, he'll bond with Spidey, dig through his mind, and and find out who he is, and then remember why he hates him. Uh, I think that's like a real possibility, but again, it's just speculation at this point. Like, I, I can't guarantee that's going to happen, but that would be an easy way to return Venom to a a Spider-Man villain, uh, which I would think.
2: I definitely agree that that's probably what's going to happen just with the Venom symbiote rejoining with Spider-Man first and then going back to Eddie. Um, I don't know if that would necessarily push him to being a villain for anyone but Spider-Man, though. I think that, um, you know, that that actually to me is a great way to bring back uh, Eddie Brock and the Venom symbiotes kind of conflict with Spider-Man because you're going to need that. Um, even though they're in a different place now, like those old wounds are still there. And I think that, um, you know, when they feel that together, that can kind of rejoin them. You could see it as a regression, but I think that Eddie Brock's development could be seen in his interactions with people other than Spider-Man. Because even when Flash Thompson was Venom, um, the second the symbiote came in contact with Spider-Man, it attacked him and tried to kill him. Um, And there was conflict there. So it's like he's not just going to forget that. And although he has because of the, you know, the retcons, but it would be cool to see all of that history come flooding back
0: and not to mention that you know spider-man historically is a venom aggressor he he is such the hypocrite you know where you know he's always all oh, you know oh venom attacked me and my family so uh i have a i have a good reason to go after venom even when venom isn't after him at, at any time it's like oh you know whenever Spider-Man and Venom are around, Spider-Man is usually the one to attack
2: Venom Yes, yeah. He so. sees Venom or Eddie Brock, and he punches first and thinks later.
0: Yeah, so that's going to be another interesting thing. You know, he's going to see, oh, shoot, you know, Eddie Brock is back with Venom. Oh, shoot, let's punch first.
3: <laughs> right, I just, I just don't want him to, to devolve too far back. Like, I don't want him to go back to obsessing over Spider-Man, I guess. Uh, If he does, maybe for a few chapters. But I I really prefer Eddie Brock to, like... like Move on. Yeah, I would like him to, like, go to San Francisco again or wherever he is. And I guess he's going to stay in New York. But, you know, stay a little bit separated from Spider-Man. Like, have crossovers and whatnot. But my biggest fear is that, like, they're going to do this and they're going to set up this Venom series. And once it inevitably stops, he's just going to go back to being a Spider-Man villain. Uh, and I think that would be... It I mean, wouldn't be the worst thing. It would I love be an Eddie injustice. Brock as a Spider-Man villain. Yeah, it would uh, be
0: an injustice towards... <clears throat> sorry. It would be an injustice towards his his character development.
3: Right. I. So, like I said, like I love Eddie Brock as a Spider-Man villain just as much as everyone else. I was introduced to him as a Spider-Man villain, but I still think like he still needs to be you know, his own thing, he needs to be able to see Spider-Man, maybe hate him for a little bit, but be like, you know what, screw you, I'm better than you, I'm about to show you why, and like, goes off on his own, something, you know.
2: Well, I think that since we know that Spider-Man is going to be there right when Eddie Brock is rejoining with Venom, we know that we're probably going to get a first couple of issues with that being the conflict, but I mean, that can't go on forever, that can't go on throughout the entire series. Um, and even when Eddie Brock is a Spider-Man villain, he's still an anti-hero. Like, he's a villain to Spider-Man. He's an antagonist to Spider-Man because he has a personal vendetta, but it doesn't necessarily bring him back to, like, some evil character, I don't think, and I don't think it'll last more than a few issues. I think it'll be the first arc for nostalgia's sake.
3: Right. So my main concern is that, combined with the fact that Mike Costa really wants to write a villainous Venom, I really hope he... Doesn't really mean truly uh, villainous. Like I hope he means like, oh, he'll be a villain to Spider Man, just Spider Man, and then like, but he'll be a lethal protector again. Like I don't want him going back to like the two thousand era where where Venom was like, uh, screw you, Eddie Brock. I'm using you for your cancer and to eat people's brains, and that's it. Right? Like I don't want him to return to that.
2: I think the brains comment may have been sarcasm. <laughs> I really um, hope. I've seen his Twitter feed. I've seen Costas' Twitter feed. He seems like he has a dry, like kind of dark sense of humor. So I feel like that may have been just kind of an interview thing.
0: All right. Who knows? Well, I think that's a good time to wrap things up. We don't want this to go on for too long. We can just continue onwards and onwards (laughs) about our hopes, expectations, and fears about this. But bottom line is Eddie Brock is back. Eddie Brock is back. Everyone's excited. Everyone is anticipatory. So it's a good place to wrap things up. Thank you very much, Carlos, John, and Roman for joining me today.
3: Yeah, no problem.
1: Thank you very much,
2: dude. It's great to be here.
0: And thanks to the Venom site for permitting us to make this podcast under the TVS banner and all of your generous support. And finally, thank you, loyal listeners and fellow Venomaniacs. You guys make an awesome Venom community, and it's an honor to be your voice on the airwaves. Together, we are Venomaniacs. Until next time, see you later.